When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm very psyched for this conversation. Yes. But I, I'm going to try and not just use it for like my own personal gains and try and make it go interesting for, it. For, my, for my audience. Shall I go then, Steve? Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why, the podcast that's all about digging into big questions and tricky topics via honest conversations. And this week we're going to be looking at astrology, which I'm a bit delighted about because I try and weave it into loads of things that apparently seem unrelated, but this time I can go out and out. And I'm going to be talking to Francesca Oddi. Francesca is on a mission to bring life-changing insights of real astrology to as many people as possible. And a bit on her background, which is quite impressive, Francesca read natural sciences biochemistry for philosophy and theology at Durham University, that's an awful lot, um, before moving to Rome to work as a tour guide at the Vatican Museums. And then there was lots of other further education, including studying astrology, palmistry, tarot, numerology with the London School of Astrology and the, Co- the College of Physic Psychic and the College of Psychic Studies. She's been featured absolutely everywhere, it feels like. One of those people <laughs> I started following and then you pop up everywhere. Refinery29, The Telegraph, El Grazio, Women's Health and frequently on the radio and occasionally on TV. And she's one of those people that I am... Um, find a really great addition to my Instagram scroll which you can't say about that many people so without further ado let's get cracking now I always start with three questions um how are you really what's your star sign which for you is a bit of a ah, cool. basic bitch question and what's your favorite crisp how am I really um also hello thank you that was a really cringe intro it's awful excruciating it's isn't horrible it? especially because I wrote it it's just horrendous <laughs> I'm like when did I write this why did I write this ah um yeah how am I good I am genuinely good I'm t- this week has been I, I thought I'd turn my emails off this week is so busy a full moon week is always busy and mm. it's just nuts busy but I'm enjoying it all I am a Sagittarius and my favorite crisp would probably be squares. Can I have squares? Yeah, but could you be more specific? Ready salted? Ready salted. Yeah. I mean, do they come in different flavours? Yes, they're a blue one and a green one and they're not good. To be honest, I think that anything in the walkers... No, they're they're Smith squares. There's something else. Can you even get them anymore? Oh, I don't know. Let's let's tell ourselves that we can because otherwise it'd be really sad. (laughs) It's a good question. Yeah, those kind of things are... Yeah, not very natural probably, but they weren't they were delicious. And what is your favourite crisp? I mean, I I just this just makes me sound really old. I really like a ready salted walkers. Mm. No, same. If I'm gonna have a cider or a rose in the summer, then I want ready salted. Yeah. I mean to be any any classic walkers, I'd I'd always I mean, I really like crisps actually. <laughs> but I don't like kettle chips, which is a bit controversial. No, I don't. They're too they're thick, aren't they? Yeah, they're very hard. Not into um, them. What, are, what, as well as Saggy, what else is in your chart? Moon in Taurus, rising Gemini. Wow. Um, 
Mars in Aquarius, Venus in Capricorn. I'll leave it there. What about you? You're, you've uh, got Aquarius, haven't you? I've got my Martin in Aquarius, my Venus is in Capricorn. Oh, same. Um, but I'm a Pisces, Libra rising, Aries moon. Aries moon. Yeah, which is in such conflict with the Pisces. Yeah, but quite handy. I've got so many Pisces friends with loads of Aries in their chart. And it's quite handy because Pisces would, you know... Maybe well, not be that effective. No, I'd, I would I'd drift around in my own mind indefinitely. But the, what happens is I'm so conscious of that, that when the Aries hits, I go with it because I know I have to. Otherwise, I never get anywhere and then hate myself for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. A struggle. But it's good. You, once you get over, forgive yourself. Pisces is very forgiving, so it's fine. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> see, I was very premature I'm not going to just make this about this. So I was, I was um, <laughs> nearly eight weeks early. So I should have been an Aries if I'd if I'd have gone full term. And so I always felt like I more related to Aries, actually, before I knew more about astrology. And then that kind of made sense for me that it does still sit in my chart once I yeah, came to understand Yeah, that it. happens all the time. My cousin, premature Aries, with loads of Taurus in his chart, it will still be there. And the moon is who we are as a woman. So, you know, you're an Aries. Yeah, Uh, yeah. but I've got the rest of my chart is is loads and loads of Libra. Loads and loads and loads. Oh, right. Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter. Yeah. Mm. So I was just looking. I saw you posted about the 27. And like the top half of the circle is entirely empty for me. Oh, you're private. Are you private? (laughs) <laughs> well, this is what's always interesting. I have a, obviously a profile, so I'm quite public. But but the really true stuff is yeah, never going to be very known. Very few people get to, especially with Capricorn and Venus. Exactly. It's like, you took the words from my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you are as well. But you know, Capricorns are, are sensitive folk along the way as well. Massively, morbidly. Morbidly sensitive. No one's going to know what's going on with. I can spot. You know, I know. I I can see it in other people because it takes one to know one. But other than that, I don't think people see it. No, I've got a lot of time for Capricorns. Yes, yeah, not easy. No, it's not. <laughs> right, let's ladder back and not go straight into it. Tell me how you got into astrology. I guess if that's the right thing, and like what role it plays in your life. I mean, now it's your entire career, but before that, before that. Well, you know, it went in stages, probably like a lot, I do think a lot of people, a lot of women relate to like always being vaguely interested in astrology. And I was Mm. definitely in that camp for ages. And then when I got to uni, I dated two guys who were like turbo similar, both Scorpio, born at sunrise, exactly a year apart. And, And that was, I was just, I was starting to see patterns in my life in the people I was drawing in, you know, my school friends and my uni friends. And, uh, and it was starting to be like, this is really a thing. And because mm. I remember everybody's birthday, I, I I could really have everybody in a sort of section in my head. And I was like, there's something, there is something in this. And then when I lived in Italy, the Italians were really into it. So Are they? they? All, well, much more like a lot of men oh. will ask you your rising sign. So they'll be like, what's your no. sign? And then, yeah. Yeah. So they... That I had, yeah, quite a few just people just be like, yeah, what, and and what's your ascendente? Like, it's just part of part of the hello, sometimes. And so, and I just learned mine, and I started to really see that. I started to be able to really see rising signs, and then I was just relentless because 
I just asked everybody, like everybody, what time they were born and worked mm. out their rising sign. But I didn't know anything other than sun and rising, but I still was obsessed. Then I kind of got to the moon, blah, blah. And when I was 29 at my Saturn return, I was at a networking event and I met a psychic who told me loads of stuff. And then we went to get our coats and I was like, when's your birthday? And then I was like, were you born at 8pm? And she was like, yes, how do you know? And she's like, and so then she told me yeah. I was an astrologer and I should That's be an astrologer and I didn't know how to do it. So I emailed Shelley von Strunkel uh, who was writing horoscopes in the Times and the only astrologer human I knew in existence. And very kindly, her PA replied to me and said, you need to go to the London School of Astrology. So then I did that. Amazing. Amazing. I didn't know. Like, there's loads no. of astrology schools. There's like, there's like three in London. But you just, it never occurred to me as a thing. Well, I mean, it's difficult to know. It's like anything that you get into, then it's very visible. But I do think there's been a real transition collectively. I mean, I guess probably oh, Instagram. Gosh, yeah. You know, because if you think of early astrology, or the only access to it I had was like Mystic Meg, which is utterly made up, I think. Sorry, Mystic Meg, if you are the real deal. I think but she it, is, you know. A lot of the astrologers you? I know know her and used to work no. on her phone lines. She was She was an astrologer. But she was obviously mediated up and told to... Yeah, and made into like a caricature of herself. And then I, it's it's that thing, isn't it? And people are very quick to dismiss it, I think, because it's easier. But you, I have, yeah, I started kind of out of curiosity and then a bit of a joke. And then you start asking people their birth charts and then it begins to add up to more than you can dismiss, doesn't it? Yeah, it gets a bit weird. Even when I was studying, they they'd say things like, oh, I've got the, you know, my teacher had the moon in Virgo and his friend has moon in Sag. And when they got their coffees, the Virgo one would always be small and the Sag one would be big. And I was like, oh, come on, you're taking it too far now. But it, yeah, it's filtered into every, every aspect of your life and it's mental. So for anyone listening, just to rewind, if you have zero like understanding of astrology, could you just explain sun, moon and rising? Because I think that helps you begin to unpick it a bit. Good point. Yeah, so the sun sign is your star sign. So when we say your star sign, we're talking about which section of the sky the sun was moving through. Now, that's because astrologers pretend that Earth is the middle of the universe and the sun's moving around us, but it doesn't matter. From our perspective, that's what it looks like. And the constellations and the the stars are just the backdrop. So today is the 17th of Feb. So behind the sun, if we could see the constellation, would be Aquarius. But we can't see it because the sun's there, so it's light. And then all the other planets in the solar system are moving through the sky at different speeds. And they're all, from our perspective, passing through different sections of the zodiac sign. So then you can ask, where was your moon? As in, which sign of the zodiac is it sort of against? And then so the moon is who you are deep, deep down. It's who you are as a woman. If or is the type of female energy you attract into your life. There's a We all have a masculine and a feminine. We all have the sun and the moon. And in general, women are going to connect more with their lunar energy because it's about mothering and nurturing and feeding and connecting and the feminine. And in general and historically, our masculine energy, our sun, it, particularly like four, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, would be your husband and your father as a woman, and that would be it. Or it's the type of man you are and how you assert yourself. Obviously, these days, what we want is to be all of it. We want to be rounded. We want to be balanced. But there's still a sort of anima, animus in Jungian um, 
Terms. Thanks. Uh, terms. Mm-hmm. And then the rising sign is how you appear. Basically, it's the mask you wear in a new situation. It's the persona. Uh, yeah, I know. Once you understand your right, I mean, understanding it all is very helpful. But understanding your rising and understanding how people perceive you versus what your internal dialogue is is like a really huge thing to. It's a real gift to yourself to begin to understand that, isn't it? Massive gift, really, really, because you're not being told anything you didn't already know. No. And but and you're just like, why am I like this? <laughs> Particularly if you've got a conflict, like mm. you know, if you've got a very chatty persona, but deep down you're quite sensitive, but people don't see it, but you knew it, but you didn't. None of us really. I just remember being 19 and being like, why am I like this? Mm. Yeah, especially I know I've got a lot of Libra rising friends who act like who you would think everything's going easy breezy from them, and I know what their moon signs are. I was like, oh no, to achieve that easy breeziness, you know, whether that's Virgos or whatever, they're they're having to work extremely hard. Yeah, and uh, apparently, according to evolutionary astrology, I just learned this: we are becoming our rising sign. We like wow. it's really a job for us to become. That's like the growth. This is what Kay Patchy was saying when I was in Mexico, like the, the moon, you've got a PhD in your moon because it's our basic instinct. So we're going to go wow. to that behavior simply because we're like expert. And then our sun sign, we've got a master's degree in it. Like we really know it a lot. And then the rising sign is where we need to go and like, okay, go and develop that. So that's really, quite like that's that. really useful, isn't it? Mm. So do people, if people have, you know, sometimes double, sometimes triple, so all three of the same. Do you think quite rare. that makes for a bit of an easier existence in some ways? Yeah, um, it's quite rare, but I know a couple of people like that. In a way, yes, maybe. It's much easier for them to be aligned. But yes. then how much can they relate to other people when everything's just like tunnel vision? For them. Mm, yeah, because they don't know any other versions of ways of being, I suppose. So they couldn't be really quite like, I've got it right. <laughs> yeah, because this is it. This is the only thing. Whereas, yeah, the multifaceted thing, I guess, is, yeah, enables us to exist in different ways yeah. at different times. Or, or, you know, they'll be really great at work, but struggle emotionally, vice versa. Because I was going to ask whether you think that different parts of our chart show up at different phases of our life. But actually, if you're saying that kind of PhD, master's, destiny type thing, that that might be the transition. So you might yeah begin in one place and move towards the other. Well, that's a theory anyway. That's evolutionary astrology. I do like it. I like it as a theory. And it's quite an easy thing to explain as well. So yeah. But our chart, different bits will show up because of transits. There's lots of different things. But, yeah, we're developing all the time. And as as the sun moves around or we move around and as Mars and Venus and everything moves in the sky, they connect with parts of our chart and trigger it. So then that issue pops up. Yeah, so you... I, I sent an email saying, oh, what do you think we should talk about? And and Francesca said, oh, we should talk about transits because everyone should know this. So I was like, oh. Did I? And, and yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, good question. So I went and geeked up on that. Now, the one that mm. I think for the big shift to everyone is the Saturn return. Would you like to say a bit more about that? Yes, I would love to. Because so on your birthday, we say many happy returns because we've returned. We've gone around the sun. And you've done a trip and you say many happy returns. That's the return. And Saturn takes 29 and a half years to return. So 
that's the Saturn return. And we, we deal with the theme. So on the sun, it's all about you. Happy birthday to you. Bring you gifts. All very solar. The sun rules the sign of Leo. So it's all Leo themes of like, shower me with love and attention and affection and clap for me. It's very Leo, very solar. But when it's your Saturn return, you're dealing with Saturn's themes of authority, responsibility. Saturn rules Capricorn. It's very serious, ambitious, maybe quite emotionally sensitive. Um, there's, there's Saturn is huge and broad, but essentially it's like, who are you? What is your identity? Where is your backbone? And so at the Saturn returns, he will return and be like, okay, what have you done? And it, it will be buy a house, have a baby, get married, get a promotion, um, whatever good thing you've been striving for and has been definitely on your path and you've been true to yourself and you've been working, you will reap the rewards if you've, if you've got a good Saturn return. But as also he will kind of show you anything that needs to change, any career, any relationship, any situation that is like off, he will make you so depressed that you have to handle it. So you can't just go out, have too much wine and enjoy yourself like you could and you you can't coast you can't pretend in your 20s mm, you can you gets know, real yeah it gets real Saturn brings realness and then it's like yeah good luck yeah and it and it's funny isn't it because I think if you we all think back to like 29 and a half or around that window you're like oh yeah and and partly that is just because as you reach into your 30s but you if you've got well I have got a lot of friends who are all at a similar age is you know everybody does these incremental shifts don't they and then every, a whole friendship group you wake up you're like oh when do we all become grown-ups and and then that changes everything yeah it was a huge shift I just it's like wedding invites wedding invites wedding invites and then a lot of kind of divorce breakdown career change all at once mm, yeah and the whole group's sitting there and everyone's like <gasps> <laughs> but some are excited I guess yeah and you know change is good but it's it's hard and terrifying isn't it yeah, and for me, it was I had a really rough Saturn return, I think, because I became, was becoming an astrologer. Like, my Saturn return was meeting Sunny, and she was like, yeah, you need to be an astrologer. And I was like, what? Oh, you yeah. know, I'm still... Is this what I'm doing? Yeah. I was 29. I'm I'm waiting to just, like, be, be normal. I was like, just give me normality. Like, I want to have money in the bank. I want a house and a partner and to go on holiday and just be like everyone else. And I was like, round the corner, it's round the corner, it's round the corner. Because that's what you think, because that's what you're mm. hoping, because you're 29 and you're nearly 30 and you're like, it's time. But mine was like, no, you're going to be an astrologer. And I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, right, this is a totally different <laughs> life path. <laughs> Off I go. Great. I'm going to be a student for seven years. And then I was on your prompt to know your transitions, Uranus opposition. So I'm about to turn 40 in two weeks. So it's a bit off, but Ooh. I can definitely see this, particularly amongst my female friends. And I'd, yeah, I don't know whether it's turning 40 or, or this, but it's just like, oh, wow, there is a real kind of... Another... Stop, just stop caring. <laughs> you just go to your... You just become... I'm just seeing my friends become who they are. And it's a beautiful thing love that yeah i i think there's a neptune square around 40 as well and you've you've all got you've probably all got your pluto square you've probably just had your pluto square as well anyway there's loads of things going on but i love i think there is something as well even without the astrology just going up to that next decade of being like all right fresh start yeah, and I think what it is with 40, the best way I can articulate it, is there was there is no kind of preconceived milestones in your 40s. Like we all have this idea of, you know, if, if, if you're following the basic what yeah. we think we're going to do, go to school, go to uni, get a job, get a partner, get a house, have kids. 
And then that kind of fills up your 20s and 30s and maybe early 40s. And then you're like, all right, well, I get to make up or I get to choose this path. And I think particularly for women, your 20s often are about finding a partner. Your 30s often are about raising children and they need to be raised in your 40s as well. But you're suddenly like, oh, I can. this is for me now. Cool. Yeah, mm. she's telling herself that pep talk. No, wait, do you know what? I've not explored it really. I've got I've got friends in their forties, obviously, and but I haven't thought about that. Sh- like you, I, I really know what twenty nine thirty is. I don't really know a lot about twenty nine. Apart from I think, as far as I can tell, every decade you just care less. Yeah, which is dreamy. But maybe you just move closer towards your yourself. I'm having a lot of conversations with friends where they're kind of rediscovering things that they liked in their childhood. Yeah, nice. Yeah, which is cool, isn't it? Yeah, it would make. Me, I do think for a lot of people, the Saturn return is just busy growing up, like you say, yeah. like getting married, plan the wedding, have the baby, like bang, 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 and then you get to forty, and it it will be interesting to see when people have got time again to think, maybe. Yeah. Or not? Yeah, no. I mean, let's be honest. With kids, definitely still need raising as you're. <laughs> which brings me back onto the, the next thing. Like, how do you use the? How would you describe it? Is it a lens? Is it a faith? Is it a anchoring? How does it, you apply? How do you apply astrology to your life? I always used to be very adamant that astrology was a science because I was just like, well, it explains how. It's not, it's not the why. It's just the how, and it's like you know, your DNA is this, therefore you've got brown eyes, and that's how I see it. So I don't, I don't. It's not a belief system because there's no. There's nothing to believe in. It doesn't give you salvation. It's it's just the how. And the and then from that you can articulate why you're behaving like you behave and also use it to, you know, if you know what seed you're growing, then you can give it the plant food that it needs and you can sow it in February instead of June and you can give it a greenhouse if it needs mm. it. You just you can give yourself the nourishment that you need in a more intelligent, informed way, but it that's it really. But do you feel that if you're meeting people and you unpick their birth chart, you've kind of armed with a bit of a superpower, aren't you? Or do, or do you try and not – do you use that to your advantage or do you try and I can't not, not see it. So no. I, don't always, I don't always need the chart. You know, I, people you are – Yeah, people are what they are. They, they, they are. <laughs> you can spot a Leo. You can spot a Gemini. Or, or at least you can spot the energy of the chart. There might mm. not be that, but, you know, there could be a Pisces with four planets and Aries. They'd be behaving like an Aries, so you could see that. And then when you've got the chart, it probably makes me a little bit more... I don't... I've said this to myself. I don't know if I've said this on a podcast or anything. And I don't have children, so I don't know. But it's maybe a bit like there's being a parent where... You, you're a lot older and you can see that they're tired or they're hungry or whatever, but you, you can't do anything about it other than be like, you're hungry. I know that you're mm. being mental because you're hungry and, but still let them be because you're not them. So maybe mm. it feels a bit like that. Like you kind of know that if somebody's got the moon in Gemini, they're going to be a little bit anxious. So, okay, you can talk to them in the right way. Yeah. And yeah, you know more about them than they know about you <laughs> a bit. Probably, but it it still doesn't. I can't not know it now, so I can't remember what it was like. But I think I could always read people, and I think everybody, mm. a lot of people, can read people. 
Yeah, you just maybe don't. It's until you have the language and the, the kind of way of sorting it in your mind that, yeah, that's all it is, I guess. It's like, oh, yeah, I already had picked up some energy from you and now I can begin to make sense of it in a, a bit of a shorthand, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I really, yeah, I can really get it, really, really get it. But everybody will meet someone and be like, oh, that person's a bit nervous. And if you're the, that kind of sensitive person, you will be like, okay, I'm going to help them be less nervous. Mm. And also, if somebody's got a bad temper and they're very mean to you, you can be a bit like, okay, look, <laughs> we know to expect that. Yeah, this is just part of who you are. <laughs> Doesn't it, it's not allowing it either, because then you you get into a murky conversation of allowing people to be arseholes because of their star sign. It's not even yeah, that. It's not an excuse. No, it's just like, yeah. But do you repeatedly find the same kind of people in your life yes romantically and in friends yes over and over again and apparently because of my numerology because i've got lots of six that's the thing that the six does really so, apparently so that's my very much my reality is that i'm kind of like i know what i like and that's it but i think everybody does it I think everybody does it because when I do my Cosmic Connections event and, you know, they'll be like, I'm a Pisces, but I've always dated Leos. I'll be like, you've got Venus in Aquarius, obviously, because Aquarius is opposite that to That makes sense of it. Yeah. So I think I definitely do. I mean, God, yeah, 100%. But I think, again, if we all like click through our friendship groups and of course there's always outliers, but you end up with, you know, phases when you feel like it's everybody's birthday and it's like, and then, yeah. and then not... And then I think, yeah, children is interesting because obviously you don't pick when you give birth, but I do feel like it's fascinating the dynamics that they drop into families and it depends how spiritual you want to get about yeah, what that purpose is, but it's um, it's really interesting. Hugely. It, do you often do people birth charts for people with young babies? Or no, is I was something... thinking about it because I was obviously going to talk to you and there was definitely... And I was talking to another astrologer yesterday and she's like, so what do you do? And when I first started... I did loads of mummy blogger stuff, loads and loads and loads. I was always looking at children's charts and some reason I'm not doing that so much anymore. I don't know why, mm. but yes, it's, it's really interesting. Someone told me recently that you shouldn't look at a baby's chart for two years in case you like project it yeah, onto them. And, and see so much of that in their character. But I didn't know that. So I did that a lot Yeah, <laughs> the past but, few years. And it is so interesting. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And, um, fascinating looking at like sibling dynamics so I have two Aquarius Leo rising and one sad G no two Aquarius Leo moons and one sad G Pisces moon and it's like it's wow. interesting to see the two that are together and they're not twins father. are they no 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 four years or five years apart both born on the full moon yeah amazing yeah, but but it's interesting to understand like the way they fight, the way they communicate. You know, my 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 Sagittarius is is very very hot headed, but he, yeah, he's got a Pisces moon, so I know that even when he's losing it, it's he's feeling it hard, and it's like to try and not meet that fire with fire to be quite basic and and with compassion is what he needs, even though it presents. Yeah, so and also the fire does need to kick off now and again. That's the other thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and let, giving him the safe space to do that, I suppose. But yeah. yeah, he's got siblings who haven't got that kind of fire in them. The only thing they hate is feeling like yeah, their pride's been damaged, or that they um, if they can't do something, that's when they they both lose it. 
really interesting. Yeah. And all the other, you know, the Mars and Venus and Mercury. Yeah, which I haven't really delved into, which I guess is a bit as you begin to understand how their minds work and who who their friendships are. You, got, you know, as you say, you can't really pick in, go into that until they've become the people that they're going to yeah. be. Yeah, but I think, it, you know, with a, in a few years, because Mercury is our siblings as well, so that's interesting. <gasps> Mercury, is it? Mercury, yeah. So if the sun's the father and the moon's the mother on a basic level, Mercury's yeah. the siblings. Oh, really? So then if, so I'm one of five, so it's really interesting Gosh. how that might all, um, yeah. yeah. and the third, you know, if you can look at the chart, like the house, but there is something, at least in how we communicate with our siblings. Yeah, I, the third house as well, if you're looking at the chart. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, there's just always so much more to know. <laughs> yeah, the houses is like a whole different. Again, I'm only just beginning to understand that because you can, you can, yeah. The houses so what, are what, basically just the chart split into twelve. So if you're looking at it, if you map the sky as a circle, you break it up, and each bit means something else. I'm going to just again use you for my own benefit, but yeah. ne- nearly all of my stuff is in the so much in the first house in Libra. Yeah, but where's the Pisces? I'm going in to consult six. my. Let let me consult my chart, which is what? really unprofessional, but I'm going to do it. That's okay. Let me do it. Uh, where's the Pisces? Fifth. Oh, fun. So that gives you a Leo vibe. <clears throat> Does it? Yeah. Yeah, because the fifth is like Chanel number five. She was a Leo. Was she? And so a bit more confidence than I think I've got. Yeah, maybe. And a bit more playful, more performance. So also, you know, if you've got everything under the horizon, but something in the fifth, it also makes sense that you've got two children with a Leo moon. Yeah. Because that's their mother and that you are, you know, hosting a podcast and doing your thing and being seen. Even though it kind of grapples with my want to be private. But you're a Pisces. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Pisces... It's it's quite yeah it's quite being the performer isn't it because rising Libra is about a you know appearances and then Pisces is so adaptable and able to be anything to anyone and it's very much like the actor or the actress sort of shape shifting and then in Leo performing so you do see that they're like somebody who's actually quite shy and private but able to express themselves and also like Pisces is full of inspiration and ideas mm. and creativity it's a lot of, it's very creative isn't it. Yeah, and actually I end up with a lot of Pisces guests because I think from what I see, they've got a lot of feelings and a lot of creativity. They don't necessarily, yeah, and it kind of needs to get out in the world. Otherwise, you're stuck with it in your head. Yes. Okay, so you relate to that and you you give them a platform. In I need your chart now, though. Can I look? <laughs> I almost sent it to you beforehand. <laughs> I was like, no, you can't just, yeah. Do you want to type it? <laughs> Can I? How do I get it to you? I don't know. I'm going to We've got a chat it, box here. But I've got to get it over to my thing. Sorry, no, I listen. can get the chart because I've got a thing. You just tell me the got, DOB. Okay. Um, 27th of the 2nd, 82. Oui. Um, in London. Akela. Um, I've asked my mum this so many times. Sorry, mum. I think... Uh, one second. Oh, here we go. Um, it's at night, isn't it? Eight, uh, 2054. 2054. Give it to me. <clears throat> oh my gosh, your moon is at the very final degree of Aries. What does that mean? It's turbo. 
no, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm not at peace with that at all. <laughs> Turbo. Okay. But it's in the seventh house, so you're projecting it in a way. So your partner is pretty turbo Aries, potentially. He, he is, yeah. Unbelievably turbo Aries. <laughs> is it like fi- just what? Feisty? Opposite. Well, he's an ADHD Aries, so he's... Yeah, okay, you've projected it because it's in the seventh. So that it because you were born basically with the moon setting in the in the section of the chart, it you know, setting below the horizon. Anything that's setting, we tend to find in other people instead of doing it ourselves. So that's what but it's still you. You're still business lady, like come on, quite outspoken. You can really slay when you want to. <laughs> but also you've kind of given it to him a little bit. Potentially. Wow. That's quite um, a thing to sit with. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the the key with planets in the seventh is to own them. It is you, but it's very, very entrepreneurial, like big time. Very honest, very raw, um, very driven, very, yeah, authentic feelings in the moment. Although you, you've got it in an aspect, you've got it opposite to Pluto and, and square to Venus, which is too much astrology for the podcast, but yeah, there we go. And um, everything in the first as well is very driven, isn't it? But your Mars is retrograde. What does that mean? So Mars is the planet that rules the sign of Aries. So, you know, Aries is feisty. It's it's Mars-like energy. Mars is the warrior god. But your Mars is in Libra, which is a sign of diplomacy and get the art of getting people to do what you want and then they thank you for it you know being very polite so your mars is actually quite political it's 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 not he's not in aries with his sword out shooting people oh, he's like the greater good he's having to be well he's having to work quite hard because he's really not in a land he wants to be in mars wants to be on the battlefield with guns but your mars is in the debating parlor trying to keep the peace but still there being like bish, bash, bosh. Now, because that Mars rules the Aries, it also changes the flavor of the moon because you have to look at Mars. That's how, you know, the art of reading a chart is you go layer by layer by layer. So yes, you've got the moon in Aries, but Mars rules Aries. So what's Mars doing? And then you look at Mars and Mars, your Mars is actually being quite polite. And maybe, you know, talking seventh house is the other. So I'm in your seventh right now because anyone you're interviewing is is bringing your seventh house. It's a house of partnerships. Um, so it's your husband, but it's any one-to-one relationship, mm-hmm. any one-to-one interaction. And so, yeah, you're, you could be, you know, a good interviewer. You could really poke, you could really, <laughs> you could really get in there because you want the fiery stuff, but it's all done in a very Libra way, which is intense in your shot anyway, because you got, as you know, loads of Libra. Loads of it. Oh, my word. Okay. Really got to get make peace, but that makes sense of the Aries because you know, I am unbelievably driven, but I don't see that kind of I don't see it show up in the way I know some other Aries, but um, yeah, that would make sense. Thanks very much, yes. pleasure. No, like, I, I'm like... just holding back from asking millions of questions, <laughs> yeah. I want to know more, but I realize it's not doesn't make a great listening. So tell me about how how you viewed the last couple of years of madness through the lens of astrology. Oh, out comes the Mars in Libra. 
Now you know. Now you, I've basically just given you like an insight to my everything. <laughs> so let's let's cut. Let's rip through the last two years in a very polite way. <laughs> Be my guest. Um, oh my gosh, it's just been so interesting astrologically because astrology. I was going to astrology conferences from about 2016, and everyone was going on and on and on about 2020. And I remember the first time I went to a talk on 2020, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> this is so interesting. I did an Instagram post, like so enthusiastic because it was the first time I looked like three years ahead and mm-hmm. heard such concrete stuff. And everyone was talking about disaster, the financial implications. A lot of financial astrologers were like, make sure you're not in debt in 2020. You know, it's going to be a really tough year. And so then that did leave me poised to be on the lookout for whatever it was. I was there mm-hmm. like a meerkat on the 1st of January and literally the 1st of January went mental. Australia was on fire. Uh, of Trump, course. Trump was like maybe going to bomb, Ir- bomb Iran. And there were three things. Like by the 3rd of January, I was like, ooh, key. And then there was an eclipse on the 10th and I was flying back on the 9th and you shouldn't fly. And in, in fact, a few planes did crash the week. Like three planes crashed that week because it was Uranus in was in Taurus. Taurus is the Earth and Uranus... It, it's very associated with planes and so that grounds, you know, not in a great way. It's there for seven years, but particularly when it changes direction and, and it's next to an eclipse. Anyway, so we were looking and then when the pandemic started to pick up, I was really hot on it. I was like, shit, you know, this is going to go. This is happening. <laughs> this is bad. And I was supposed to be in Italy. I had a flight to Rome on the 23rd or 5th of February 2020. And at that point, Lombardy was in lockdown. And they were like, yeah, you can come to Rome. It's fine. I was like, don't be ridiculous. I'm not mm. going to get stuck in Italy and then quarantine. <laughs> I'm not staying in. So I cancelled my trip to Italy. At this point, Patrick Valance and Chris Whitty, well, particularly Patrick Valance, was like, you can go to Italy. It's fine. We don't see any risk. And I was like, you're a bellend. <sighs> like, that's obviously not true. The Italians aren't going to be told what to do. You know, because I've lived in Italy. So as if they're all going to just stay in because of some silly virus. So I was, I didn't go to Italy. And then I just watched as March was just a horror show because everybody was just pretending it's fine and then the borders were open. I was like, what the hell is going on? And people don't talk about that. I cannot believe they knighted them. And they that month happened. I cannot believe that and then and you know I don't even I I think it was actually all hype and I think it was a populist I don't even really think the pandemic was what I jumped to the conclusion that I thought it was Uh, more of how it's come to life than than the thing but but sitting in like that February March perspective of being like this is okay we've got a terrible virus here and you're keeping the borders open I just yeah, thought it was diabolical and they left it for a month and there were people who I could, if I could see that it was going wrong, then why couldn't they? And then for them then to be going, oh, we're just going to lock you down for two years because we failed to deal with the problem. We failed to nip it in the bud. Mm. We let it, we let you run riot. They left that they left everything going. And, oh, but we're going to put you in lockdown for two years. It's ridiculous. And the fact they've been knighted is ridiculous. Anyway, I'm ranting. You've activated your Mars. <laughs> I'm now being your mood. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, carry on. 
So I've started. We're at March 2020. And okay, so astrologically, because we knew bad stuff was coming, I was like, yeah, sure, this is it. And and was very on it. I was like, you know, very upset with my dad for not washing his hands and for my mum for going out and things. But then as it progressed, um, I, you know, there's more, more and more things that didn't make sense. And also, mm. this was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. It wasn't in Pisces, which is viruses. It wasn't in, or even Scorpio. It was in Capricorn, which is about finance and governance and power and leadership. So if I am going to be really true to the astrology, I should be looking at that is the issue, not a virus is the issue. That You know, that's also something that is Saturn, Pluto in Capricorn. So what could that be? Now I think it's maybe the media being more powerful because also you look at history and what happened the last time Saturn and Pluto were together in in Capricorn we had the Protestant Reformation because Martin Luther had had enough of the Catholic Church having all the power so what is it that's got all the power now well the media I guess or big pharma you know that or the government but that is what we're dealing with and so then I keep changing <laughs> I've kept changing my mind on that and but also Caroline Flack obviously sadly died two years ago Mm. And that was just after the Saturn Pluto. And that mm. made me reflect even before the pandemic on on the media. Because, the I, you know, the media did that. The, me, mm. the media at least had yeah. a big part to play in what we believe and what we know. And then everybody jumping on the bandwagon, everybody being like, be kind, hashtag be kind, after not being kind. <laughs> after being the opposite of kind. They hadn't been kind. But as no. soon as it was trending, everybody's jumping on the trend. Yeah. And and then again, you know, we saw that throughout 2020 with people not having values and then hashtagging their values and therefore it's okay. And if you haven't hashtagged your value, then you don't have the value. Yeah. And then I was like, the media is like, this is I this is interesting. I can keep talking. Please could talk. I'm just listening to you because it's interesting <laughs> to go through. It's it, it's true. What it's it's amazing with the benefit of hindsight. But if you were kind of were you getting there quicker than everyone else has got there? Do you think? Do you think you were seeing it as it was, or you're still on a lag? Oh, I'm not. I would like to think I'm not on a lag, but you never know. And I do think that the, the thing that 2020 taught me was not to jump to conclusions too heavily because yeah, because I I was ready for the big bad thing. And there was a big bag thing, and I was like, "This is the big bag thing." Mm, but but actually, not. I don't think it, I don't think the virus. I think the media has been the problem because they are powerful and they control the people. And but the media is owned by big pharma. Yeah, exactly that. So I think that's you know what are we dealing with? With that's what we're dealing with. But also, there's always more to be learned, and then you know your eyes get slowly opened. But you never there's always more to learn. Always, always, always. But, but what do you do with, yeah, as you begin to begin to see this for what it is? And I think, every, I don't know, you can't speak for everyone, but yeah, you, you, you wake up to some stuff. What do you do with that feeling? Because it's, it, there's a real reaction of like, the world is actually nuts. Mad. It, we, we are in dire straits, which is a not very nice place to sit and, and very uncomfortable. And you can also go, well, you know, it's kind Not of screwed. my problem. Yeah, it's bigger than me, but beyond bigger than me. What do I do? But how do you 
yeah what's your answer to that and again is there does astrology inform that yeah mm-hmm, it does i was in mexico for astro tulum which my friend organized a very 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 persistent astrologer who harasses <laughs> harasses me to be on his youtube channel and but bless him credit to him he put together a great festival and he got k patcher there and, and some really good astrologers and we did this q a and it was really great to be like this sort of conversation but about 30 40 of us in a circle and six yeah. of us astrologers and we were really also looking because there's a lot of big stuff coming up over the next few years astrologically a lot of big sign shifts and as much as pluto's been in capricorn since 2008 but next year he starts moving into aquarius saturn moves every two and a half years so it's not that relevant but neptune has been in pisces for ages which is also relevant as much as saturn's in pisces now and saturn was in pisces in the salem witch hunt saturn in pisces is creating this kind of pisces-esque fantasy dream confusion can't can't be certain about anything um Mm. can believe anything gullibility sensitivity magic and and also this massive spiritual movement and as much as like Everyone knows their rising sign these days and mm. they didn't before Neptune was in Pisces. And so it also boosting spirituality, but he'll move into Aries. And then Uranus is currently in Taurus and Uranus will move into Gemini. So there's in by 2026, everything will be like in Aries, Gemini and Aquarius, which are all masculine signs, air signs, fire signs. So there's a massive shift coming, huge. But that's not till 2026. So we've got the next few years of just watching everything unravel, particularly as Pluto finishes his time in Capricorn. And he will do a demolition job because Pluto does demolish. And when Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008, we had the credit crunch. We did. And But again, what was the credit crunch really? If you break it down, if you break down Pluto in Capricorn and if you've watched the big short, then you know that... Yes, we had all these bubbles because people were being sold debt on debt on debt and that a lot of the money system... I've read this recently that when you have a mortgage and you you put your deposit down, the rest, the bank goes, okay, we're going to cover the mortgage. But they just say they've paid... So they just print money. They just create money that's not really there and said they paid the mortgage or something. I, I don't really know. But that... They were bailed out by the government, weren't they? The bank, mm. the, the banks were bailed out, and that was the beginning. So that if you want to understand what's going on as Pluto finishes his time in Capricorn, is that he's finishing that job because so the banks were bailed out, but they won't, they can't be bailed yeah, out again. They didn't, yes, not forever. And so financially, there's massive implications for the next couple of years, and we know that. Like they're like, I've been warning about inflation since March 2020. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, we're going to do furlough. I was like, what the fuck is furlough? Yeah. And Where then you they, get that money from? Just stop giving people money. Everybody got like loans and grants and fur- not everybody, actually. The middle classes. Let's let's be right about that. Because the middle classes are in charge of the media and the print and all this stuff. And they've been looked after. And that's why they are all for furlough, because they can pay their bills and stay at home. That's another story. But also Capricorn is about the class system because it's a hierarchy. And so I don't know where I was in my rant, but inflation <laughs> is coming. Obviously, it's it's here. It's like five percent or seven percent, and yeah, it's not we're in it, and it's we're not going it. to start decreasing anytime soon. And we've got the USA Pluto return, so we've already discussed returns, and 
Pluto takes 248 years or 68. I think it's 248 years, but it might be 68 to return. And so the USA Declaration of Independence was 248 years ago, 4th of July or whatever. And Pluto returned at the USA in its second house of money and finance. So if the US dollar has any issues and globally there's implications and that is what I think is going to kick off. Yeah, so it, it's so mad. It was never this virus, was it? <laughs> no, but it's all part of the story, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's like yeah. when you have an affair, but really it's because you were depressed that you're in the wrong job and you whatever. You yeah. know, it's the universe is... Yeah, something something has to give and it begins to unfurl in whatever way. But it is really mad to have lived through a collective unfurling, isn't it? It's like, nuts. And whatever you are, wherever you are on the scale of, I'll use it lightly, but compliance or, you know, whatever you are on that journey, um, there's all of us that have have towed the line, you mm. know, for the best possible reasons, for, the, for what we believe is the greater good of everyone's health. And we've all done it. You just sometimes look back. I'm watching Clarkson's Farm at the moment, which I actually really recommend. But he's talking about, you know, when we were first told to stay in and you're allowed that one walk a day. I mean, how did that happen? How did that become our life? But also, I think we're all knackered. Like, there is a part of me that was relieved. I was knackered. Like, the end of 2019... I was doing event after event. I was doing this. I was doing yeah, that. Yeah, it was hectic. And then just oh, going. I went back to home, and the the sky was blue, and I dog walks, and like I didn't mm. have any FOMO, you know, because it's because no. if you stay in, you was like could be doing this, could be doing that. It was. I think maybe we all accepted it because we wanted it. Yeah, you're like actually yes, because I can't keep up this pace. So some so. of us, maybe for some of us, you know, that's one reality. We're all gonna have a different reality. Yeah, but it is bonkers. That we did it. My, to be fair, my dad never did it. He stayed mm-hmm. in for one day. <laughs> Depends also where you live and what the you know yeah it's, it's all subject to whatever whatever yeah, things. You to, yeah, you could work if you could work. Then yeah, had to get to work and get on with it. And also, someone would have probably been murdered in the house if he hadn't gone. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah, we've had a generation of children who've been. Uh, you know yeah that's the had very patchy education and who yeah how is that uh, mine are are broadly okay but they've the bit that I find you know again this is very middle class take on it but they haven't had sports days and assemblies and all the bits actually if you think back to school the bits that make school school and they're finite aren't they you know you're only in primary school for however many years and if they just haven't happened like what what will you remember school as because they're the bits that for me really stick in my mind Mm. it's um yeah Yeah, they're they're very very health aware again mine not so because we're quite shoddy but there are some of my children's friends who are really really health conscious and health anxiety and really I, i i'm concerned that if you bed that in a six seven eight year old health anxiety that is a very difficult thing to take out of their personalities you know really interesting so they've you know if you're primary school you've probably got neptune in pisces in your birth chart and pluto in capricorn in your birth chart have to think about that 
But I mean, imagine having a time when you've put alcohol gel on your hands several times a day. You know, think how grubby you are at primary school. It's just like, yeah, now they're all clean. Weird. Really clean, and um, and also every time they get a cold, like, do we have to, you know, having to test them? And it's like a cold is a cold. A cold is being a human, you know, and a child, but, yeah, and a child, yeah. Especially you get you're establishing your immune system, but that to be a a, a point of fear and potentially then not seeing anyone for 10 days it's just like what I know I know I've heard some yeah children isolating and stuff and also I think that um the boundaries between parents is is very different because often you know obviously I had a close relationship with my parents but for most of my childhood I was at school Monday yes. to Friday till three o'clock but they have you know, I we found that their boundaries are quite bad because they've they were with us for two years all the time. So you haven't quite got those hierarchies that I had of like this is you know I'm still your parent. We've all hung out. Oh, because you're all like pals. Well, yeah, they had to been you know yeah they just don't quite have that respect. I think which you're trying to claw back, but it's quite difficult. I see. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it, but, you know, this is the stuff, as I keep saying, that is embedded in them. You can't – adulthood is long, childhood is is not, and it's so formative. Yeah. I bet you've had some interest. I should I, – I need to think about all that more astrologically. I've not thought about it. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite wild. And, you know, there are some kids who have only ever been in education during a pandemic. Mm. Anyway, that's all by the by. Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but also I can't fit it into this thing and <laughs> some of it is also just totally a bit for me. What, if anyone is listening, I mean, we will have lost some people, I know that, but if you're kind of listening and you're, and you're interested and you think some of this makes sense to me or I want to know more about it, what's kind of the the way that people begin to explore this? Astrology. Yeah, I know that's broad. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's just so many great astrologers. There's so many. Obviously, you can follow me. <laughs> but follow you. but I would be getting involved. Like, you want to know your birth chart, but also what's going on, the cycles. And list, read, reading a book is really good. Like, my favorite astrology book is Sue Tompkins' The Contemporary Astrologer's Handbook. It was like my first textbook, day one of astrology school. You know, like that, it properly felt like being four years old again and getting that first textbook and devouring. <gasps> Remember it. that feeling? Yeah. Just like, I'm a grown up. I'm like, <laughs> uh, this is real. And also, the, the wealth of information in that book, to be honest, was quite intimidating because every single sentence is like, Oh my god, this is such useful information. I need to remember it. So, and then the, the book is not that thick; it's like an inch thick, not even. But it's it's really good. Some people actually who've done my course have said it's too d- tricky. It's not. But if you if you want a more simple one, I think uh, uh, Dynamic Astrology Caroline Faulkner has a more simple book um, that is just is smoother. Or Linda Goodman sun signs she's retro she was like big in the 80s or 90s or something Good for her. but she just does a book like the sun sign book that does major major detail about being an aries being a capricorn and really what you look like and how you behave in all different situations they're all great beginners books for the for like the personality yes. of astrology 
And for anyone wondering about birth charts, if you literally Google birth chart, free birth chart, you can get it anywhere now. There's a load of places that do it, isn't there? Yeah, astro.com. And I do like Cafe Astrology. Actually, a journalist Mm. asked me this this week and she was like, are there any good apps to find your stuff? And I said, I still like Cafe Astrology. She said, everybody says that. And I was like, really? Because um, people used to, other astrologers laugh at me for saying Cafe Astrology. Because they all use astro.com because, you know, they're astrologers. But Cafe Astrology's got loads of info. It's really good. Yeah, it's really um, <laughs> comprehensive. What about these apps? What about CoStar and Pattern and things like that? I've not got them. Of... Again, everyone asked me, and I did actually say this week, I should just download them so I've got a better yeah. answer. But I think underneath it all, they're good because more people have got into astrology and yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah, and it begins to show the different ways that you can interpret stuff. I think. I mean, I think the co-star is is quite clickbaity and yeah, quite goes to the extremes on stuff. I mean, I I think pattern. I find the pattern really interesting, but then I don't know. It depends what you're searching for, I suppose. Sometimes. That's what I've heard, and I used I used to live with a girl who had them both, and I used to read the pattern and be like, "That's really good." I, I used yeah. to, I used to think, and then someone said this week. Um, that co-star is a bit like yeah like you say a bit clickbaity but also can be like you're gonna have a shit day goodbye (laughs) and you're like what do I do yeah and if I read that at 8am it's a (laughs) surefire way to ruin my day you know because you just see all the bad stuff all day so yeah you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt and like you say we can't make it an excuse or go and like make huge life decisions based on anything you still got to tune into yourself yeah, based on how you feel, you know that's that's I think where this things can and understand there's detail and nuance because I know yeah. that I was definitely like basic bitch in my twenties and I'm a Sagittarius and if I met a guy who was a Virgo but there was a guy who like me who was a Sagittarius I'd be like trying to convince myself I should be with the Sagittarius because that's the better match like I definitely did stupid things like that and yeah. I'm definitely not the only one and so because there's so much more you know you gotta look at the moon and everything but I didn't know that and you gotta look at the nuance and also you gotta like learn it for yourself it's one thing the theory but you have to maybe go with the one that isn't appropriate to to confirm to your brain that that isn't a good choice yeah but the the earthy ones were better for me because I you know Venus in Capricorn moon in Taurus yeah I love earth I love earth but it never made sense to me with my basic astrology because I'm a Sag. Yeah, you're like, I I need all of this. I should be dating a Leo, but then I can't date Leos because they tell me what no, to do. for all those... No. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. Don't try and pin a Sagittarius <laughs> down. Let them go. Exactly. Them go be... But also, how would that work? Because you're both such big energies. It doesn't. No. Fighting for... But magazines pro- would put, tell you to put fire with fire. <laughs> and some people like it. Some people, you know, if you're a Leo and you love drama, then you, or you're just very enthusiastic, or you're both very, because I'm actually quite boring, you know, I'm very mm. earthy. I like staying in pajamas, got my slippers on. Yeah, so that, yeah, exactly. So if if you can handle it all, I suppose. But... It's horses for courses. And also, how are we all manifesting our energy? Like you with your yeah. Aries moon, how Aries moon are you? Yeah, I don't know. More than, probably more than I care to admit. That's what, oh, shit. That's what... charge. That's what we need to go. Well, I've got I've got three quick questions. No, two quick questions. Go. Got, where can people can I talk while you charge? Yeah. yeah. Um, where can people find you? No, oh, you're gone. You have to wait till you're back. Okay, Hiya. so 
you can find me at francescorotti.com. I am going to redo my website finally. I've still got this ridiculous blog site that I had in 2015. I'm doing it. Otherwise, Instagram at Francesca Oddi Astrology. I get scammed all the time. So there's all, you do. All the, yeah, a lot of astrologers do. It's a, it's a craze because what they do is they pretend to be me and then they DM you and say, do you want a reading, love? And then they get steal your money. So just, mm, oh, I, see. I would never that's do that. So yeah, that's why they do it. So it's Francesca Oddi Astrology. And I think that's it really. Instagram, there's all the links in my Instagram. Everybody's yeah, got Instagram, haven't they? You know, the funny thing, I started following you around the time when you were putting coins on your face. Do you remember? Jesus. <laughs> Don't tell people that. No, it was lols. It was lols. <laughs> it, it was very funny. But I've stuck with you. So, you know. <laughs> I did get a lot of people but, laughing at that because I was just like, is this normal? I haven't but tried also, in that particular, I think it was like depth of the pandemic. There was really not a lot to look at in anything, was there? So I was like, oh, this is about... No, that's not a coin. That's my visa. No, I know. It's a credit card. <laughs> you could just be a bit sweaty. Um, and well, that's a great you... debate. Yeah. Um, if you could have an honest conversation with one person, who would it be and what would you say? I would want to get on the Chris Evans breakfast show and be like, why is you have you become so one-sided? Is it really one-sided? I haven't listened to I him I love Chris Evans. I yeah. love him. I absolutely love him. He debates everything. He's so open-minded. He's so brilliant. But his approach to the pandemic has been like, Matt Hancock, please come on my radio show. And I just don't understand mm. how somebody's so thoughtful and intelligent and open-minded and, you know, non-BBC and non-politically correct mm. has become like that. That. Yeah, because, I mean, he was a real groundbreaker in his day, wasn't he? He still is, in a way. He's is got he? the breathwork people on. He's got the vegan Has people he? on. He's like, he's get, he's well into well. He had Kirsty Gallagher on talking about the moon. He's so open-minded, but it, just with the pandemic, he's just not, he's not exploring and it's driving me nuts. There you go, Chris Evans. There you go. Not that he listened to this, but you never know. Put Some it out in my, the universe. So yeah, put I, it in I the was universe. honestly thinking it this week because he's got Russell Brand on tomorrow morning for an hour. And I was okay. like, come on, Russell. I hope, well, I hope he, Russell's going to poke. He, uh, well, yeah, I mean, he'll do it in the way that he does it. But, you know, we know where his stances are. So he's not going to. That's a shift for sure. For sure. So, yeah. Isn't it? And about, I love Chris. I love Chris. I just want him to. Yeah, I forgot about Chris Evans. Virgin but Radio. He's great. Yeah, he was great. Well, that's that's a random but excellent place to end. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been um, quite enlightening for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me and letting me rant making me oh, rant with your moon and aries yeah I can blame um, you what was your, i want to know some of the questions you want to ask me what, oh when you god um well i want to know because you've got this really interesting t-square and you've got a lot going on because pluto's about to get to your venus later this year so th that's a big shift are you moving house yes oh, you are yeah, I've got. A, I'm renovating a house on the Kent coast that I'm hoping to move to later in the year. Oh, that'll do it. That's a brilliant, brilliant use of the energy. That's really good because, um, yeah, but uh, but also the process, the psychological process of doing that, of clearing out your cup, you know, all the stuff you're doing because you're really digging deep into who you are. Oh my word! And where you've come from. There's a lot going on right now, and I, you and your friends are having your Pluto square. If you're all the same school, yeah? yeah, which is why you are giving less fucks. 
you know, you're all going to be more like, this is me. And it's quite Pluto rule Scorpio. So it's just a major life detox in a way. But also yeah, quite it does powerful. Yeah, it's quite, it does feel like that. But, you know, the Aries in me wants to get on with it. And over the last two years, I haven't been able to get on with it. I've just got to carry on chugging through this. Aha. I see. That makes sense. You know, it's not been, it's not been a quick process, this. No, but you have to be patient. Yeah, that's not my, that's not one of my key traits. (laughs) Aries moon. Zero. Okay. (laughs) Zero. No, there's zero patience in that Aries moon. But it's also brilliant. It's like when, you know, when we started the podcast, you're like, right, I'm just going to do an intro and then we'll go. No dicking about. Like, that's Aries moon. That other people will just waffle, you know, like me. I would just talk and be like this and I'd be like, oh, do I need to do my makeup? Should I make, you know, I just, more waffly. Like, Aries moon is like, time is a blessing. direct. But time is, but also that's why they're such good entrepreneurs because they're decisive and they're not too, it's not too concerned with like, you know, oh, do they, you know, it's just like decision made, move on. It's good. That's why it's really good for business. Do you think? Yes. But yeah, when I've, I'm working with a new business partner and he, who's got loads of Capricorn in his chart, huh. all his chart, and he finds that, that in me nearly intolerable, but. Well, you've got the v- yeah, you've got that Capricorn Aries in your within yourself, which at least helps it in as much yeah. as you do have some Capricorn. But yeah, I I have because I've got a lot in Capricorn, like four or five planets in Capricorn. Yeah, and I do find Aries. I, you know, like my mum and dad have both got planets in Aries, and they rub you up the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, but <laughs> there's plenty of things in our charts <laughs> that do that to one another. But it's. But also, it's 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 cardinal. It's, it's it is a good combination. The Aries and Capricorn. They are Aries is the entrepreneur, and Capricorn is the business. So, well, yeah, and I think the fact that I've got the Pisces helps. You know, Capricorns and Pisces tend to do quite well together, don't they? Mm-hmm. Very well. Is that true? Very well. Yeah, but, I, so I think- but you having that Venus in Capricorn also, you are a strat- Is This is the internal issue you have with yourself that you want to do it now, but also you're a strategist and a businesswoman. Yeah. But are you really growing? I, I think you are growing business. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing. Yeah, I'm re- redoing the whole of the back end. I'm redoing my website, but that massively is an understatement of the thing that I'm building, which is an absolute beast. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's, there's, there's a, it's, it's monstrous, but it's been an arduous process to bring it to fruition. And I thought because I'm an Aries, I wanted a launch date around now and it's not going to launch now towards, till towards the end of the year, keeping mm. it open mm. because that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Absolutely. Oh yeah. But it's big. It's definitely huge. Whatever you're doing. Okay, good. It feels huge. Exciting. Quite... Great. Exciting. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Hello, listener. I have a brilliant producer, Steve, who every single week I ask him to come on mic and be on mic with me because he's a good antithesis of me and often, yeah, just adds things. And he's just come on and said to me, what if someone is listening and they're thinking to themselves, this is not for me, this is is gobbledygook for want of a better word and I completely appreciate that so I'm interested Francesca what would your reaction be if if someone was sitting there thinking that depend like if they don't like it then that's fine like I, I don't need everybody to believe it and if you're just like nonsense bored then fine if you're not if you're not neutral and you're a hateful word that I'm going to say triggered 
<laughs> if you're like fired up and there's something in you that's really annoyed, then, you know, in spiritual circles, we would say, you know, what you see in me is a reflection of you. And if something in you is really wound up about it, then it's an opportunity to explore why that could be. But that's I, I appreciate that's annoying, but that's kind mm. of spiritual talk. So if you don't care, you don't care. That's fine. If you're annoyed, then maybe investigate it because there's something in you that's rejecting something and that's always an exploration. It's like when you meet someone who really annoys you, they're always an opportunity to be like, why is this person annoying me? You know, are they really patronizing? Well, maybe you like to be in control. Are they a know-it-all? Well, maybe you like to be the one who knows what's going on. You know, it's always a reflection. And so I think astrology always, it always works. And a lot of really famous astrologers have got into it because somebody read them their chart and they were like don't be ridiculous and then they sat down with the books and they calculated their chart and then they were like mm. I can't refute this I, mm. I actually I, I'm gonna you know you can say I'm not a Pisces but once you really dig into their planets or maybe you know the planets of somebody you love and you you see these character traits and then if you still you know so when I first yeah. got into astrology Oh, started studying in 2015, end of my Saturn return, 30 years old. Met, started talking to a guy I'd used to work in a co-work space with who was 90 days younger than me, had everything in Aries. I have everything in Capricorn. And he, we got on really well, but he couldn't tolerate astrology. He's like, you're too intelligent for this. We'll, we'll get you to see the light. And obviously he didn't. And <laughs> and he could he used to read things I sent. I used to send him our compatibility reports and stuff. And he'd be like, well, that's all correct. But I think it's a coincidence. And at that point, if you're going to be that stubborn, then that's fine. But you're missing mm. out on something that could be helpful if you wanted it. Yes. Yeah. Go to Cafe Astrology or the like. Do your birth chart. Read it. Read it with this I always think say to people like read it with a twinkle in your eye with a sense of amusement with a sense of this isn't going to relate to me and then see how you feel and I yeah I'd be surprised if anyone doesn't have a few aha moments in in reading their full birth chart exactly and as well everything that you are reading on we are reading online is you know it's still computer generated there is a nuance yes. that can only be seen by human but that as I've said I do love cafe astrology and you will get a lot from it but there'll be bits in it it's like what because it's a computer yeah so there you go producer Steve does that answer your <laughs> query does that fill the gap in journalistically <laughs> thank you for that prod I think that's good yeah, it's good it's good thank you yeah it's... there you go well, um, that was a lot to take in. I've also got that thing now where I just want to use Francesca for my personal astrologist, and astrologist, astrologer, and just ask her more and more about my chart. But it was very fascinating. And I think it is very important to acknowledge that, that I know this is a subject that can be divisive, that some people like me are really into, even if genuinely in my case, I started in quite a casual way on this and just got more and more fascinated by it. But for all those people who aren't that interested, hopefully you're still here at the end of this podcast. And if you are, do go and look into it. I mean, there's absolutely nothing to lose and it just could be interesting. And again, you can go default to the position of not being into it at all. But maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll learn something about your partner, your children, your colleagues. It can be useful. 
But that was, yeah, truly fascinating, especially when you begin to think on the bigger lens of astrology in the global uh, climate. And all of us have lived through an unbelievably strange time. And I think I'm right in saying that we've all got a sense that this this journey is far from over. So again, it's it's fascinating to use astrology in that place. And then that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of But Why. Please do share it far and wide. Give me your feedback, especially about something like astrology. My email is butwhy at clemmytelford.com or you can find me on Instagram. I'm off now to do some bench press. Uh, Anyone who's been following me for a while will know I've transitioned from CrossFit to pure powerlifting, but my upper body is comparatively weak. I've had to really graft just to get very, very small gains. So I'm going to carry on doing that, trying to lift heavy-ish things from up and down my body. There you go. Have a lovely day and I'll catch up with you next week. Goodbye.